Good morning, and the conversation begins here on 94 WIPL Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon, and a busy WIP day it's going to be. It's going to be chilly out there, maybe into the middle of the high 60s. So take a jacket with you no matter where you go, but no matter where you go, also take 94 WIP. And when we come back in just a minute, Bob Newman, my spin doctor on all things political, I've been accused of having Bob on because he supports my, my liberal point of view. My point of view is unknown, in fact, to you folks. It's my job to put out information and perspectives and have you think about them. I've got a lot of reaction to Bob's appearances on the show, and I expect a lot of more, a lot more. In the second hour, we're going to be having Helen McCaffrey, my conservative spin doctor. So, point, counterpoint. Bob Newman, and a whole lot more when we come back here on 94 WIP, the WIP time, 6.02. And we're back. It's conversation. My name's Peter Solomon. Up for conversation, Bob Newman, my spin doctor on all things political. Good morning, Bob Newman. Good morning, Peter Solomon. Boy, I've not been called liberal before. Usually moderate, but uh, not liberal. Um, But uh, let's shoot away. with what is uh, what is going on in the world. It's been a crazy couple of weeks since we last talked um, in terms of politics, in terms of Washington, and specifically with what drives Washington these days, which is the, uh, the personality as well as the, the paranoia of the President of the United States. Um, I have for years and years and years, and especially under President Obama, really been trained through work I do to respect the commander-in-chief, to to always look at what the positives are, to understand how how big government is, that there's much going on good behind the scenes. But day after day, from a communication standpoint where I come from in our new age of social media um, despite all the good works of government the good works of the Trump administration I'm absolutely horrified by the the communication piece um, that comes from the president by the hypocritical nature of people who work for the president of the United States based on what they campaigned on, um, and most importantly, by the treatment throughout this country and throughout our islands of people who, who today are suffering. So happy to get more specific into that, but uh, to know from the beginning that, uh, you know, I come in again with, with all positive feelings about what good the good work of government will do, but knowing that it can't be done if this is how we treat our fellow human beings. Well, first of all, what has the Trump administration accomplished? So much of what seems to have happened has happened by executive order. I don't see Congress having passed much of anything that Donald Trump wanted. No, and, and I think there's, there's, a perso- there's a personal nature from the president, and he's sitting back and saying, Instead of having laws or programs driven from the White House, we will have them written by Congress, negotiated by Congress, so that if Congress fails at that point, we can blame them and not necessarily us. If you go back to the Clinton administration with with guys like uh, with Secretary Robert Rubin and uh, and Deputy Secretary Roger Altman. They would put together at the White House war rooms, war rooms where they would package together their bills and where they would do the whipping up of votes instead of having the Congress uh, do do the whipping up of votes. And in the House for a while, uh, that, that whip should, should have been done by Steve Scalise, who, who was out as well as his deputy, but in the Senate, They've absolutely failed, uh, and he has put them in the hands of Leader McConnell, who, who has failed, and that has allowed the president to look back and, and point to them and, and say it's their fault. I've always said it to you, Peter. 
day after day, week after week, Donald Trump, who has no experience in government, clearly wants to find an Osama bin Laden every day, an enemy every day. There's a new one. Yesterday, as we saw, it was the mayor of Puerto Rico. Um, you know, other days, it's a congressional leader. Other days, as we saw this past week, it's the NFL. Every day, that's what they see. And I'll tell you this, you know, and for your people in Philadelphia, for people who are waking up and, uh, and are, are parents, okay, or are grandparents, this is the worst example for our children because what we're really running through politics, through the media, and through this comic book character in Washington is a bully culture that shows no good example for our children. Of, uh, of what happens uh, out there. But really, uh, in terms of getting, getting things done, as you just talked about, let's look at it. He had the chance to redo and strengthen um, the ACA, the Health Care Act. That has failed time and time and time again. There are coalitions on both sides of it, the far right who, who want things, the far le uh, the left in the, uh, in the Republican side who, who, who want uh, other things, you know, whether it be the Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski's on the left or whether it be on the right, uh, um, you know, congressmen like Paul and others who want to either further rip down what was Obamacare. It has not worked. Um, right now, we don't see any hope that, that a complete tax overhaul will, will be done. Maybe a partial tax reform will be done. We've heard, again, from the administration that they want to do investment in infrastructure. That was a campaign promise throughout the campaign. They worked on that last November through January uh, before the uh, administration uh, started up. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, and September, infrastructure, tax reform, health care have all not been launched, and there are many other bills there. So you have, are right, um, whether it be executive actions or executive orders, something that the president criticized President Obama for, President Bush for, President Clinton for, before he has uh, has has uh, put out so many more. This really is government by Donald Trump in particular, and that's why you see a cabinet at this point. Secretary Tillerson, who can't get staff, frustrated. Uh, ambassadors, uh, as well as uh, assistant secretaries, all leaving. You see um, Secretary Mattis overturn him immediately on the transgender uh, ban. You uh, now see the firing of Secretary Price. Now, this is interesting. Once Price was fired, okay, the deputy uh, secretary of HHS was not put into the position. An assistant secretary of, of, uh, of HHS was not put in the position. They're using a deputy assistant secretary of HHS as the acting secretary because, again, there are not people who want to work for this administration. So to go back to your premise in this segment, not a lot can get done if you don't have people on the ground to do it. And there aren't people on the ground who want to listen to the berating that Secretary Price got. There aren't people uh, in the White House who want to listen to the berating that Je General Kelly has got uh, here. This is another, you know, another part of what we can talk about, which is not only presidential temperament like we saw in the Twitters, but presidential temperament in terms of a fiery, abusive temper that is coming from this president onto his people and not only onto his people themselves but he uses the same on the uh, on the individuals in in the senate and the house and as we see every day he puts out if ever criticized the same type of temperament on the media that everything in donald trump's eyes that is not positive about donald trump ivanka trump uh, melania trump Donald Jr., Eric, anything that's not positive becomes fake news. So, no, a lot isn't getting done in Washington. 
what is getting done again is the wheels of government continue to work. There is great work at the State Department. There is great work protecting our country and the world at the Defense Department. Okay, Our people are being served in terms of their Social Security, their Medicaid, their Medicare. But new programs that were campaigned on, I can't really find many that he can put out there. He will continue to repeat that he appointed Judge Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, and that was one of his big accomplishments. I don't think that there are that many more. You said a couple of things I want to pick up on. In terms of criticizing the Obama administration, one of the things he criticized the administration, in particular Hillary Clinton for, was the use of private servers. Yet information has come out that six top um, Trump officials, including Jared Kushner, his own son-in-law, have used private servers. Yeah. Now, the, the use of private services has been incorrect, clearly. Okay, and this administration, especially General Kelly, just like the travel, will will get on top of this. It will become part of the Mueller investigation. The one thing I do want to caution everybody on is the private servers aren't necessarily, but we're not sure yet, tied to national security, which, which, which Secretary Clinton's were in large part. Now, if they then find that they were tied to messages, you know, that connected with Russia or China or North Korea or such, then we even have a greater problem uh, in terms of what potentially uh, – a uh, special counsel Mueller can put forth in terms of an indictment right now. I think once again, just like what we saw with, with, with secretary price railing on Congress as a congressman, shame on him. And then to go out and waste $400,000, $40,000 in particular, because he couldn't take a car and Uber from Washington to Philadelphia, your home city uh, and such. Um, he, did exactly what he had criticized before this, too, on the other side, the hypocritical nature of this administration when they went throughout the campaign criticizing the, the, the private emails that are used uh, uh, tied to government. And uh, and now they're the ones who, who are being pointed to, uh, again, the pot shouldn't call the kettle black. And they should all know that everything that they raised about the Obama administration in the past will come back to haunt them if they're doing it. There are reporters, just like the Politico reporter, who did such a sterling job showing what Secretary Price had done, okay, that there will be reporters who dig out other inconsistencies in terms of how this administration is acting. And for Donald Trump, this won't be fake news. Everything isn't fake news. Daily Beast isn't fake every day. Slate isn't fake. Salon isn't fake. But Trump should look more in particular and say, wow, the National Review on the right side is criticizing me. The Wall Street Journal editorial page, the beacon of conservative thought is criticizing me. Everything can't be fake news. Everything isn't, you know, in his mind, the failed New York Times or or CNN. There are conservatives on the other side. And this is because, Peter, the right wing and the left wing are both against Donald Trump because both of them know this president of the United States has absolutely no soul when it comes to politics. He will blow either way just to create an appropriate deal. Uh, he, he really doesn't care. And we saw that in terms of his interactions with, uh, with Schumer, with Pelosi, if he can find a deal. Now, that's the way politics should be done. But he is definitely losing loyalty out there. And he's creating for himself, as he saw in Alabama, um, not a lot of strength in terms of electoral politics. And he's creating on the right an atmosphere where Steve Bannon will be so much more powerful when races come up in Arizona, in Nevada with Dean Heller, with in Mississippi, and now when Senator Corker is is going out in in Tennessee, another senator who has really had it with Donald Trump. It is very sad that that good public servants are all walking away, all because of this one man, because he has continued 
to run the White House as a reality TV uh, program, just like he did The Apprentice. And uh, this is not something that is consistent with many of these others. And just like Bannon, they're all saying to themselves, I think I can do better for my country by being on the outside, not the inside. Because as you, you said, nothing is getting done on the inside. And then there's so many things that are hypocritical from, you said, the two servers to, uh, to this travel. It is not just going to be Secretary Price. They're going to investigate Treasury Secretary Mnuchin. They're going to find inconsistencies there. They're going to find wastes of money. They're going to go after a, a, uh, uh, a, a former military man, um, Secretary Zinke in, in, uh, in Interior. They're going to find it there, too. And they all have their daggers out for EPA Director Scott Pruitt, who is racking up personal charges out there on a constant basis, too. So I don't think that the trouble that has diverted the president from doing any work is going to stop over the next weeks. Russia probe will continue, as will now these new probes into abuses in his administration of, uh, of, uh, of use of finances. Well, you just brought up my next piece of question in terms of the other secretaries and administrators who have been accused of abusing their travel privileges. Can we plan to see them go bye-bye like Secretary Price? Sure. I, I, I think there's, there's a great chance because I think it really will come on, on two levels. They're going to look at Pruitt. They're going to look at Mnuchin. Okay? I'm not sure on Zinke, but they're going to look at those two, and those two at a minimum, and they're going to find um, you know, this, this crazy use of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of travel. And I, I want to tell you this. There were people at HHS who were told starting January 20th of last year that this arrogant, abusive man, Tom Price, uh, what's his name, was going to send them daily travel logs. Pictures of he and his wife waving in Paris. Pictures of he and his wife waving from, uh, from health conferences throughout the world. And they were all instructed, okay, to, uh, to, to, to read these travel logs, which all painted a rosy picture and thank those lonely people back in Washington for doing the job that they, they were doing, okay? Can you imagine these people who day after day have to toil over in Washington, who have to go through red tape, who have to go through abuses, who hear their president twittering ridiculous things on a day now have to read the travel logs of Secretary Price. That same type of arrogance we have seen out of Secretary Mnuchin and his significant other. And I think you, what's, there is, there's no doubt that the progressives, the left, the liberals are going to go after EPA Director Pruitt on this. You will see this come up over the next days, weeks, and months. This will, will, will be at a level as, as strong as the, uh, the Russia probe and a level that may be even stronger because this is one in which congressmen are able to, to, you know, to throw out their, their, their brethren. The difference with Secretary Price is he had lost all confidence of the President of the United States. The President believed, and he didn't know Tom Price before very well, he believed he could put in, in there um, Secretary Price to overthrow the, uh, to get the votes up to overthrow the ACA, Obamacare, okay? As you all know and your listeners know, there is nothing more important in Donald Trump's eyes than just ripping down the past works of the, uh, of the Obama administration. Nothing is more important than that. Um, I mean, that's really every day when he goes to work, okay? And it is personal for him. Okay, everything is personal. It's competition. It's win loss for Donald Trump. His psychology, the narcissistic psychology, all is can I win on a given day? And he thought that Secretary Price was going to be able to deliver him a win since he had been a congressman before. Secretary Price was not a popular congressman. He didn't really have a lot of support out there. Donald Trump once again put the wrong horse in to do his uh, his dirty work. All right. 
And you're listening to Conversation here on 94 WIP. My name's Peter Solomon. My guest this morning for Conversation is Bob Newman, spin doctor extraordinaire, Newman Communications. We're getting a more left as opposed to right interpretation of what's happening in Washington, D.C. My name's Peter Solomon. All right. Another thing that's really astounded me, I mean, I don't know how true it is, but I've seen reports that Donald is questioning the use of his own family as White House staffers. The president is most worried and has most anxiety, not necessarily because he thinks Ivanka or Jared is not effective. Okay, he's asked many, many times to them personally, if not to uh, to other staffers, are they being destroyed by this? Okay, um, I mean, there has always been rumors that Ivanka, as well as Jared, wants to end their stay in Washington after this coming school year by June. We will have to to see that. Um, you know, just like others, they will talk about going back to the private sector. They will talk about contributing in the future to his uh, his political work. Um, I, I don't necessarily believe they will last in Washington. Um, I, you know, I think that there was, as, as, as you well know, and I've said it before, there was a wonderful opportunity for, um, for Ivanka Trump to act as a liaison on many of the social issues the women's issues, the environment issues, and the gay rights issues that she was passionate about, okay? Um, she has been ineffective in that role, okay? On the other hand, White House staff is frustrated, if not furious, by by uh, uh, Jared Kushner's presence at, at meetings. Prior to General Kelly becoming the chief of staff of the White House when he was secretary of HHS, Jared had been in multiple meetings and it was getting very, very frustrating to, to him. Kushner has been assigned, as you well know, um, the task of uh, redoing government from a technology standpoint, about creating Mideast peace uh, in, uh, in the world, something that hasn't been done in centuries, um, redoing the criminal justice system and other tasks. Um, I mean, he's, you know, the one, you know, secretary of everything. And I think whether they are um, individuals who really would like to do well or not, they've also, in addition to every day coming in uh, with, uh, with uh, you know, having daggers thrown at them by White House staff, those they were close with in New York, those who are progressive and liberal in New York, um, are, uh, they have lost many of their own personal friends who have no interest in speaking to them anymore. So I think the president is mostly worried about the fact that what he has done here has uh, created uh, angst and uh, conflict and, uh, and really a sad situation for his own personal family. It's an interesting way of looking at it. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Yeah, and he has brought it up. I mean, he has said it many times. You know, what did I do here? I mean, that, that has been a, a quote that, uh, that, that he has said. I mean, outside of the fact of are they qualified or are they effective at what they do, and neither of them came in with any government experience. Um, but uh, they have, you know, again, everybody in the White House, aside from maybe Gary Cohn, who came from the same environment as them in New York, everyone in the White House is, uh, is frustrated uh, with them. You know, they will sit in meetings, they will, make, uh, they will make suggestions or decisions, but in the end, they will say, but we're not responsible here. It is a tact, it is a, it's, a, uh, it's a way of communicating that clearly comes from Trump himself. Uh, this is the way their family does business in the in the end. Let's put it in someone's hands. If they don't do well, let's blame them for it uh, there. And, um, you know, for Ivanka Trump, the, really the, the focus has been um, on um, family leave. And um, she has found out with dealing with uh, minority leader Pelosi, by dealing with uh, Facebook chairman uh, or uh, President uh, Sandberg and others that she's tried to interact with. This is a harder go at Congress than they necessarily thought. Uh, thought. Remember, 
Donald Trump, Ivanka Trump, Eric Trump, and Donald Trump Jr. came from an environment where they just could make decisions, where they could just put stamps uh, on it. And short of executive orders, which the, the president will, will continue to do, um, and, and he's going to continue to do them, I think we're going to see in the next week or so in health care and such, um, and, and ones that actually might make the left happy, short of ex- executive orders, the, the wheels of government don't move too quickly, and I think if, if they don't see progress by January, they're going to plan to pack up their bags by June. Mm. All right. The other thing that I'd be interested in your interpretation of is that Senate race in Alabama. Now, was it, was it Senate or Congress? Well, that race in Alabama where Donald supported one candidate and Steve Bannon supported another, and Bannon won. Are, are you saying race or racist in Alabama? Ra- <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, it is it is just really unbelievable if you read uh, what what Judge uh, Ray Moore uh, what he believes. It, it it is it is unbelievable. I mean, I can't actually say some of the words without regurgitating. Um, you know, in terms of you know outlawing personal behavior and. And, and such that he he went there, but make this clear as I did a second ago: Nevada, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Arizona um, will all see the the same thing. The difference in the next group of four is Trump isn't stupid; he'll pick the right horse. He'll pick the Bannon horse. You know, at that point, the president was 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 cajoled and goaded into doing this. Okay, he probably would have supported the judge uh, normally, you know, based on what his administration believes um, and and such. I don't believe this was Ivanka Trump telling him to to go for the more moderate candidate. He was goaded into it by leader Mitch McConnell. Another reason he's going to be angry at McConnell. Okay, he's angry at McConnell already for not being able to shepherd in health care. He calls McConnell low energy, just like he did Jeb Bush. And McConnell pushed him into supporting this candidate. And what I see at this point is uh, is him going the the other way. Um, he you know he even downed the candidate, his candidate, at the end of the campaign by announcing we may not win on the stump right in front of. Uh, of, of his candidate, who had been appointed as a temporary senator to replace uh, Judge uh, Judge Sessions, or uh, I'm sorry, he is a judge, but uh, uh, Attorney General Sessions, Senator Sessions. So, um, I, I think you you have some very conservative parts of the country, but more importantly, um, just like the Russians may have affected, as we saw through Facebook, as we saw through racist ads, um, as we saw through Twitter and, and, and other other social media, the, the main election, I think Breitbart um, and, and the platform in which Steve Bannon has taken on outside of, of the White House, they very much controlled this election here. And um, the president uh, had absolutely no power. And it, it also goes to what you're really talking about, which is um, he doesn't have a lot of equity with the Republican Party. There's, he doesn't have a lot in the tank right now to call upon, and that is sad um, that he doesn't, uh, and they would prefer to yield towards leaders like Bannon and others um, to, uh, to decide what the future of the party is going to be. It, you know, just like the Democratic Party is really divided between the mainstream and, and the Bernie end of the uh, party, the progressives, the far left of the party, uh, Elizabeth Warren and others, so too on the Republican Party side. You now have really three ends. You've got your kind of left wing, you know, the Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski group. You've got your mainstream, the Mitch McConnell group. And now you have many who are going to be on this far right side. But, um, the, you know, it's, it's interesting. If, if you look at Sessions and his beliefs, okay, in the end people will come back and say he was far more professional if, uh, if you really get to hear what uh, Judge Ray Moore is going to put out there when he becomes a uh, senator. It will be horrifying for us in terms of uh, individual rights. Yeah, he still has to face a general election, so Lord only knows. 
Um, speaking of all of that, if Donald Trump is so mad at Mitch McConnell, it would seem to me there'd be some fallout for Mitch's wife, Elaine Chow, Secretary of Transportation. Yeah, I mean, she's so low on the totem pole. I mean, she was she was Secretary of Labor during Bush, and now she's kind of pushed down as Secretary of Transportation. Um, I'm sure she's a designated survivor, you know, quite often. Um, I, I She is so low out there that I don't necessarily think it will happen. I mean, I kind of look at it on the corollary side. I mean, you know, standing there in Trump Tower when he did the press conference that he did um, several weeks ago, um, it was a press conference where he came out fiery. Donald Trump came out fiery because in the White House he, he's told he has to have some respect for it. But when he did the, the press conference out of New York at that point at Trump Tower, he came out uh, right after Charlottesville and was saying things that were abhorrent. You know, standing there, Cohn, who, was, who, who went back to his friends and said, you know, do I need to, to resign? Mnuchin, you know, with that stooge face of his where he uh, – he just uh, he, he said nothing. And then Elaine Chow was standing on the other side of him uh, with a blank stare. Um, I, I think inevitably you will see her. And I could be wrong. I mean, she is a she is a longtime you know, Republican government servant. And her husband may be asking her to stick in there as the uh, the watchdog necessarily for him. But uh, I can see there becoming a time in which day after day he beats down on Leader McConnell. How can she work for, uh, for Trump? And he, you know, he does it uh, in the press. He does it on Twitter. And he does it personally. He berates McConnell on the phone. Just like I said, he berated uh, Kelly and he subsequently uh, berated Price. I mean, and, and we're talking, you know, when you say berating, we're just talking, you know, he, him, him losing it. I mean, screaming for two hours or so. Barack Obama had a temper, okay, and he used it on the press quite often. But I think this is different in terms of uh, abuse of uh, his own staff uh, here. And McConnell is in staff. But uh, as an appendage and as someone who has to get the good work of the White House done in the Senate, I think um, McConnell must just put it on a speakerphone for a while while, uh, while he's, uh, he's losing it there. But Elaine Chao will inevitably um, – uh, I think she'll inevitably leave the administration within you know, a year to two uh, at most um, because she cannot no longer listen to the criticisms of her husband. Given all this warfare, and that's the only way I can describe it, warfare, what do you think is going to happen to the Republican Party and its candidates in the 2018 elections? Well, I, I think they'll lose the House. I really do. I, I, the Senate is so hard, Peter. We've talked about this. There are 20-some-odd Senate seats up from Republic, I mean, from Democrats, okay? And then there are eight up uh, from uh, from. Uh, Eight, eight to seven or eight up from Republican uh, from Republicans. It's a, it's so imbalanced at this point. Just how how the elections have have played out. No one should interpret that as being anything illegal or anything. It just that's how it has played out. That I don't think they can win the Senate. But if they win the House, they can pull an impeachment vote, you know, quickly. Impeachment doesn't necessarily mean removal from office, as we saw with President Clinton. Um, but uh, it will, again, cause problems for, for this president. So I, I do think in the, in the 2018 that the Democrats have a good chance of turning things. I, I would say this to the audience, too. And, you know, for all who think I'm liberal, I'm not liberal. OK, I'm, I'm moderate and I'm right down the middle. And I, Donald Trump has pulled them out before. He really has. I mean, he may recreate his image. It, it's hard for him because he really can't hold back. He doesn't have the, the really intestinal fortitude. He doesn't have the personal discipline. He doesn't have the temperament to hold back. But if he holds back starting in January of 2018 and you see a health care bill you know, uh, go through, um, I think he was wrong last week. I think he lied to the American public when he said he had the votes, but he couldn't do it because the senator from Mississippi was, uh, was in the hospital. 
hospital. Um, but if you see him get a, you know, health care uh, strengthened, and the ACA does need strengthening, if you see at that point even a tax cut, not necessarily tax reform, and last but not least, if you see a, 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 a trillion-dollar infrastructure bill, you know, putting uh, money into our roads, our bridges, our, our, our airports, and our schools, that will be, that will be wonderful. Um, but he doesn't seem to have the intestinal fortitude, and you saw that yesterday in particular tied to uh, tied to Puerto Rico. What do you think about Puerto Rico? The mayor of San Juan versus Donald Trump? You, you know, I, I, I actually have two feelings on it. You know, the first one is is that we are doing a tremendous amount, okay? You know, we, we, we have a civil affairs unit from Fort Bragg down there. We have, uh, you know, we're dumping, uh, you know, from the air, food and leaflets and, and texts. We have National Guard down there. We're doing, you know, daily, you know, four, four million meals ready to eat and, and, and six million liters there. Um, but, it, it, and it, but, but as your audience knows, and they've heard on CNN, they've heard on Fox and MSNBC many times, this is an island, and to get to f- uh, food, water, and fuel there, and, and especially what is really the crisis there, medicine, is so very, very difficult. Was the response slow here? I think that nobody knew, and I think uh, Brigadier General Jeff Buchanan, who just went down there to head up things, I think he saw it. No one knew really what the devastation is. You know, 50% of the, of the uh, of you know, San Juan and that area now have water, uh, and, and that's growing, but electricity may not come on in many of these areas until Christmas. Um, I think the way he treated the the mayor of San Juan after her pleas, you know, she heard the uh, the bluster from the White House come out day after day uh, about how things were going well. You know, if you really want to know about about what's going on in terms of uh, in terms of uh, Puerto Rico, you only have to go down the street to uh to the port uh, in pennsylvania all of the fema supplies the pen terminals in in, in eddystone all of the fema supplies come from there the barges that are going out but 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 interesting enough um you know the as, as i've seen here the the 86 tractor trailers filled with uh, with bottled water and the the 86 containing ready-to-eat meals um like the the u.s military uses um, you know, uh, and you look out on, on near the Delaware River on 95 at the Penn Terminals, they're just being sent off today. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't the relief effort has, and FEMA haven't put, uh, you know, much food and water already through there. But, uh, but right out of there today, cereal, milk, breakfast bars, raisins, you know, all of it and ready to, to, uh, to eat meals uh, in lightweight packaging is being sent off from Philadelphia today. Was it slow? You know, I am. This is like foreign relations. I am not one to judge here. Okay, but from a public relations standpoint, to go out there every day and say, "Hey, we did it down in Florida. We did it down in Houston. It's happening in Puerto Rico." But then to hear the cries come from um, from Puerto Rico of, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, they can't get the generators, you know, going, that they, uh, it, you know, Peter, do you know where it's all, it, it, the beautiful story out of this is coming from corporate America, finally, okay? This is where individuals, okay, large companies like Verizon and T-Mobile and, and others are, are not only donating huge amounts of money, but are putting, uh, putting out, you know, free service to their people uh, down there so that things can get going. You know, FedEx, uh, you know, using their planes uh, for, for not just to get meals down there. Um, it is, that's really the, the wonderful story. You know, individuals like Mark Cuban and others who hate the president, you know, taking it upon themselves to, uh, to, uh, to use their own personal resources, you know, uh, tens of millions of dollars to help the people of Puerto Rico. Unfortunately, everybody knows that Texas 
and Florida were won by the Republicans. Everybody knows that Puerto Rico is not a, a Republican area, and therefore this has become a racist argument uh, you know, against the, the president. He did nothing to help it yesterday with those horrible words, you know, uh, saying they want everything done for them. He is right. He is totally right. It was a bankrupt island. Okay, it was one in which the grid was already broken, um, so it's hard to uh, uh, to to get a broken grid going after it just got hit by two storms. Um, and and by the way, let us let's not forget that the Virgin Islands, you know, took the beating the same way on the last couple of storms. Um, we haven't heard the cries there, but at the same time, I think they're in as rough shape. I think it's all a communication problem for him. He did uh, two things. He went out with the bluster, the too positive, rosy outlook because he wanted to look like he was doing something when really it wasn't even possible to do a lot until we analyzed what was going on. And then when he was criticized, he decided, A, to call it fake news, and B, to go after the mayor of San Juan uh, personally. I don't know how he's going to be able to face her when he comes down to Puerto Rico on Tuesday after uh, after what he uh, put forth. He has stayed on the side of the governor, uh, Ricardo. He stayed on his side, um, so he will have a, a positive welcome from him. But uh, he went way overboard yesterday, and I'm sure that General Kelly, the chief of staff of the White House, was horrified when he woke up to read the president's tweet. Well, that, that tweet about they want everything done for them, can be interpreted in a number of ways, one of the ways being it's just those lazy Latinos. There's no doubt, and the Republican Party has already had a, a you know a, a problem with, uh, with with Latinos. Donald Trump is doing nothing to uh, to necessarily enhance that. Um, I think, you know, I, I turn on the, the, the TV, and for, again, your people who think I'm liberal, I, I actually know that when, or even SiriusXM, where I listen to CNN, if I'm driving, and, and I, I know when I turn on CNN, it's going to be a constant banter against the President of the United States. Fox will be a, obviously a positive one, but, um, but this is what they were going for. I mean, they were going for, for, the, for the race argument. And the race argument then ties in with our other subject of the week, you know, which I'm sure was bantered about on uh, 94WIP, and that being the NFL. And so, you know, Trump can't seem to get out of his own way um, as he did to create the controversy in the NFL, which many will say because he had a week in which health care was going to fail, Puerto Rico wasn't doing well, and he wasn't going to do well in Alabama. So he diverted with this NFL argument. But the NFL argument became a racial argument. And then when Puerto Rico came up, that too became a racial argument because they painted Donald Trump with one brush to say he is a uh, he is a racist president based on a his language and b the people like Steve Bannon, Breitbart, Stephen Miller, and others that he associates with. We have a caller this morning, Bob Newman. Let's say good morning to Dave. Good morning, Dave. You're on the air. Good morning. My question is, uh, I really don't understand the uh, hatred for President Obama, who certainly did a lot to try and help him uh, transition into the presidency and sent him that wonderful letter and all. And also, since the election, he has withheld all criticism, unlike some of the other Democrats. Well, yeah, first of all, President Bush was, was actually wonderful at it. He, he never said anything for, for four years. So it, it, it is a standard for them to to basically step back. And President Obama has been there about, you know, about 98 percent of the time he's been able to hold off unless it was an issue like the ACA or gay rights or other issues that he was he was passionate for. To go to your main point, which is that President Obama, you know, really uh, put out his hand to President Trump, you have to really look at President Trump's personality, okay? I mean, it is all about win. Win becomes, you know, win or lose, like in sport, and, and politics becomes sport for him. Win or lose becomes comparison, okay? And so the only thing that Trump thinks of on a given day is, I can win with my base if I rip down what had been done before. I don't think it's necessarily based on personality at all. 
I think that um, President Trump has such problems on all ends of the political spectrum. He needs to keep, he believes he needs to keep his base strong and going after President Obama um, is really the only way to, uh, to do it. I mean, President Trump has no problem throwing anybody under the bus, whether it be a staff member, whether it be a family member, you know. Um, and, you know, I mean, look at, look at his obsession with people like Jerry Kushner and Steve Bannon who were put on the front of Time magazine, okay, and his anger about it. I mean, his pure anger and his sarcasm about it. I mean, that's the same way we're going with President Obama. I don't, you know, I don't think in particular he's done a lot against him. He's made some criticisms of recent, um, you know, did after Charlottesville. You know, I know he he spoke up about uh, transgenders in the military and uh, and clearly did in terms of Puerto Rico, but. In, in, in large part, this is Donald Trump mentality from 30,000 feet. It's not necessarily about the individual at all. Um, and, and, and again, you know, most presidents do try to turn things over in a, uh, in, a, in a classy way. And I think President Obama did do that. But uh, the, the whole focus of the, of the administration okay, has been dismantle anything that was done by the previous administration. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Um, one last area I want to touch upon, Bob Newman, sure. from Newman Communications, the United States and North Korea. Where do you see us going? Uh, behind the scenes, great things are happening. And, and I, I know it sounds like the president, great things are happening, great things are happening. Um, no, they are. And, and uh, on two levels, which, which are really interesting. First of all, the State Department has people behind the scenes negotiating quietly with individuals in North Korea. And then the North Korean government, okay, um, actually sent individuals to Washington, D.C., to several think tanks in Washington to talk with uh, experts who aren't in the administration but are of Republican nature, you know, big in the foreign policy community, to try and derive what Donald Trump is really thinking. And they, and they did this in the last couple of weeks, you know, and they are, these individuals are reporting back, as they formally do, to the leader, uh, their Kim Jong-un. And I think... There's, there's, it's a, it's a war of words. There's, there's a lot of bluster. There is a great potential, Peter, for mistake. Okay, here, which, which is not, uh, which is not the best thing. Um, it, this is also about the proxies. It's also about, uh, you know, South Korea. It's about Japan for them. Uh, Kim Jong Un sees this as an existential threat. Okay, on his, uh, you know, on his country, and I think he, the only way he has seemed to be, be able to believe that he can survive is if he, uh, if he builds up the nuclear program. I think that there's some behind the scenes. There's also great worry on behalf of the U.S. government that a parallel program for the Iranians is being done in North Korea, you know, that, uh, that their program is being set up while the, uh, the, the Iranian deal is, is out there. Um, you know, I've said this before on, on the air. I don't criticize President Trump when it comes to where this threat has been raised to. I criticize him for his communication, okay, of it and for baiting, um, uh, for baiting Kim Jong-un. You know, the, the speech at the UN, okay, um, calling him Rocket Man and saying he would, destroy, um, he would destroy North Korea was out of control. There were many parts of that speech that actually were really strong, but he lost it. And, and his support for the U.N. at this point is much stronger than it was during the campaign, as it is for NATO, too. He understands these bodies, and, he under, and these bodies also understand that they need to reform much but what the problem with Donald Trump is, is it's like Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico may, things are happening there. Our government and our, our you know, I, I didn't even mention, you know, there are 16 ships that are now there in Puerto Rico, okay? Ten more ships that are, that are arriving, plus the USS Comfort, which can handle medically over 1,000 people at a time. Um, so there are good things happening there, um, but he just kind of, uh, his communication skills, 
Hills, where he went after the, the Puerto Rican mayor, um, is, is similar to the other side we're talking about. He gave a good speech at the UN, unfortunately, and everyone in the press will only remember, I'm going to destroy North Korea and, and Rocket Man. And for the North Koreans, this is a very scary experience at that point, thinking their country is going to be wiped out. I don't blame them. But, you know, some will maybe in the end, if they come up with an Iranian-style deal, which is what the State Department is trying to do um, to stop the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, the program, if it can be stopped at this point, he may be looked upon as brilliant in the end. Just his tactics to get things done are by bullying, as we see. And as you said earlier in the conversation, it's all about anger. It's all about fighting. It's all about bullying. That be in the White House that be in the Congress, and that be with other countries who, again, week after week, he will pick a new, uh, a new enemy in terms of a country. This is not necessarily a good way to do business, and it doesn't make us all feel good and proud to be Americans. And that is what, in part, comes out on the football field. OK, it isn't the football field in the end is not about racism at this point. Bob Costa said it best yesterday. This this taking a kneel is really against President Trump and against his his language that he's used out there about how he reacted to Charlottesville and elsewhere. It's not necessarily the the complete uh, racial argument. They're after one individual there. And we've talked about how he acts in his staff how he acts with Congress, how he acts with a foreign country like North Korea, and, um, you know, how he, he acts on a, a Sunday, uh, you know, in terms of the NFL. He riles up his base. They get on his side. You know, they are flag-waving. They're going to want to support America uh, there, and I totally understand and in part support them on that. Um, at the same time, on the other side, Peter, he, he does it in a way that is not uh, fitting of the office of president of the United States. And I'd like to say thank you to Bob Newman, Newman Communications, our spin doctor on all things political. Bob, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thank, thank you. you. Take My care. Pleasure. You too. And it's conversation here on 94 WIP All Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon. Before we move on, I want to take note of a couple of events that have happened since we last talked, Monty Hall, creator and original host of Let's Make a Deal, passed away age 96. Today is Jimmy Carter's birthday. Happy birthday, President Carter, 93. And today is also the birthday of Julie Andrews. The Hills are alive with the sound of music, who celebrates her 82nd birthday. Happy birthday to those two people, President Carter and Julie Andrews. And goodbye and a fond farewell to Monty Hall, age 96. Stay tuned for WIP Sunday. If you can't, nothing left to say, but see you soon.